She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And I'm so excited to have Morley Robbins. And we are just ecstatic because he is going to be talking about why you are so tired. He has an amazing website talking about the root cause protocol. Morley, show up your show your new book that you've got. I have been reading this. It's called cure your fatigue. And it's all about what you need to do to not be so tired. So Morley, welcome. Thank you. Delighted to be here. I appreciate the opportunity and look forward to our tete-a-tete answering questions and exploring uh, some new areas for your listeners. Well, great. Well, I am going to jump right into a few listener questions and <laughs> um, because they, they really are so good. Um, that I think it'll really be able to get you to just talk about everything that you want to talk about. So this, this first question is from Stephanie Wells. Mm -hmm. She, she says, I've been told that I'm anemic every time I get lab work done. My ferritin is abnormally low. I take iron and then I get very constipated. I have switched over to beef liver to help me not get as constipated, even though I do. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to help me not be constipated. I also used to be vegan, but it's so hard for me to get iron. I finally caved and decided to start taking the beef liver because I had to. I've started to add a lot of sushi to my diet because I knew I couldn't do vegan any longer. I'm also pretty sure I have parasites because of all of the sushi I've been taking. I like to take magnesium, but I had to stop because I get foot cramps at night when I take it. Is there any magnesium that you suggest so that I don't have these issues? One of my biggest problems is I have major inflammation all over my body Every one of my joints hurt. I wake up in pain every single day. Stephanie Wells. I was like, oh my God, this is like the perfect question for Morley. Isn't it good? You can spend the whole hour just talking about Stephanie's questions. And maybe she should think about uh, changing her last name to Stephanie Not So Wells. (laughs) 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 I'm very, very sincere. I want to help you in any way we can. So, don't take offense. Um, that's a very powerful question, wonderfully expressed, and I think we can unpack it pretty easily, actually, believe it or not. You'd be a great, uh, the, the book would be a great um, source for you. Uh, short of that, <clears throat> what I would encourage you to do is spend some time with the Magnesium Advocacy Group on Facebook. There's over 200,000 people who are following this protocol. Um, there's there's a, um, a website that Chantel uh, has mentioned, the rcp123.org. If you go there and donate your email address, <clears throat> we will exchange for that email address a 50-page document that's called the RCP Protocol. And it has a lot of information about the stops and the starts. And one of the stops that we really highlight is 
you shouldn't be taking iron supplements. And let me explain why. Um, there's a lot of confusion about what anemia means. And when people say that they are anemic, they've been taught like circus bears to think it's anemia of iron deficiency. And they get a blood test done. And there's three markers in the blood test that are typically used to varying degrees to define someone as anemic. From 1865, <clears throat> excuse me, from 1865 to 1972, all clinicians knew that low hemoglobin was a clinical sign of anemia, low production of hemoglobin. All that changed in 1972 um, with a team of Jacobs et al., 1972 team of um, London-based uh, hematologists decided to move the spotlight from hemoglobin and took, moved it over to ferritin. And we've been trained to think that ferritin is an accurate measurement of stored iron, and it's not. And <clears throat> there are actually four different forms of ferritin. And the two most important are called mitoferrin inside our mitochondria and ferritin heavy chain. They're very similar to each other. And both of those forms of ferritin require bioavailable copper in order to function. There's a third form called ferritin light chain. Does not require copper, but what it, it's found prevalent in the liver. And when we have a low level of copper in our diet, it causes that ferritin light chain to take off and iron will start to accumulate in the liver. But there's a fourth kind of ferritin and it's called serum ferritin. It has nothing to do with the other three forms. We've been led to believe that it's, oh, it's a, it's a surrogate, it's an indicator. No, when you get into the real hardcore research of iron metabolism, you find out that serum ferritin has no relationship to the others. And in fact, what serum ferritin is, is an expression of liver pathology. And it's the bookends of ferritin that are the problem. Ferritin can either be high or low. When it's high, we know that there's iron building in the liver and that there's all sorts of um, dysregulation because of that. When ferritin shows low in the blood, when serum ferritin is low, I've come to realize that it's a marker for parasites, just as you suspected. Now, you mentioned that you were vegan for many years. And you know, it, we're not here to debate you know, vegan versus paleo. What we're here to, to really explore is, what do we need in our diet in order to regulate iron? So we live on a planet that has a lot of oxygen. 21% of the air we breathe has oxygen. Oxygen, we can't live without it, right? But we can't age without it either. And we've been led to believe it's this very passive gas that we don't need to worry about. It's like, no, we do need to worry about it. And what brings oxygen to our tissue? It's our red blood cells. And what do they have inside them? Hemoglobin. Hemoglobin is a protein that has 
iron holding oxygen. That's its job. Now, what's absolutely amazing is to think about how important that iron is because every second of every day, we need to make two and a half million red blood cells every second. In the course of 24 hours, it's two trillion red blood cells that we make. It's like, we can't even relate to those numbers. It's like, like there's, a, there's a wow factor to it. And what you've never known and what your doctor has never taught is that in order to run that iron metabolism, in order to support that turnover of red blood cells, you need to have bioavailable copper. When I say bioavailable copper, I'm not just being pesky about it. There's copper and then there's usable copper. And copper that's usable has been loaded into some enzyme or some protein so that it can express fully. And the protein that's very, very important in our body is called ceruloplasmin. You probably have never heard that word. Most people haven't. And most practitioners have never heard it. Outside of the one question they were asked on their licensure exam, you know, what's the connection between ceruloplasmin and Wilson's disease? And once they answered that question correctly, they forgot about Wilson's disease. And that's like learning that, you know, we need our car to go to the end of the driveway to pick up mail and don't do anything else with our car. Do we do other things with our car? Yeah, we do a lot of things. We go on trips, we, we go shopping, we go sightseeing. There, there are hundreds of things we can do with our car. Well, ceruloplasma is like our car, but in the world of conventional medicine, it's just a mechanism to get to the end of the driveway, pick up your mail and go back to the house. And so a lot of confusion about that protein and how important it is to deliver copper to where it's needed. Now, in the, in the situation that you've got, if you've been eating um, a vegan diet, there isn't a lot of retinol in your diet. And when I say retinol, I mean real vitamin A. And so it's important to understand that, that that vitamin A is absolutely essential to make copper bioavailable. The, the enzyme to load copper into its proteins, those enzymes are called copper-loading enzymes. And there's two that are really important, ATP7A, and ATP7B. And they don't work without retinol. And we unfortunately live in an era where everyone is suffering from dementia. Everyone's thinking about vitamin D and they're not thinking about retinol. They're not focusing on the fact that these are yin and yang, frick and frack, Abbott and Costello, that they need to be in partnership with each other. And you've you, very likely you've been not just eating a vegan diet, you probably have been eating a diet, you've been taking supplements with vitamin D, not knowing that there's a cost to that. And the price of a vitamin D supplementation is it blocks the absorption of retinol. And that's, that's a big deal. And so retinol deficiency is not your friend. And when, when I refer to anemia, I put a hyphen between the A and the M. And what's missing in a vegan diet is retinol, vitamin A. And that lack of A 
in the blood. That's what emia is. Emia is blood. It's Latin for blood. <clears throat> when there's no retinol in the blood, you're not going to have proper iron regulation. And so what happens is iron starts to get stuck in the tissue. And there's a big difference between iron in the blood, in a blood test, versus iron in the tissue. And there's a very sophisticated process of recycling iron in our mitochondria. And that's what provides energy in our body. Since we didn't know how important they were. You know, we go back to our biology, uh, high school biology class in the textbook. There was a picture of a cell, right? Remember the picture? And, and the nucleus dominated the center of the cell. And, and then we saw you know, two or three mitochondria off to the side. Well, Walt Disney drew that picture. That, that picture has nothing to do with reality. And the average cell has over 500 mitochondria. But wait, there's more. The average liver cell has 2,000 mitochondria. Kidney cell, 4,000. Heart cell, 10,000. Average mature egg in a woman's body, up to 600,000 mitochondria. When was the last time your OBGYN brought that to your attention? Never. And what you don't know is that each mitochondria needs to have 50,000 atoms of copper in order to make them work right. Not my idea. So it's the research of Paul Cobine at Auburn University, 2004, 2006. And he'll very likely get a Nobel Prize for his insights. And so this whole copper side of the um, spreadsheet is completely missing. No practitioner knows about it. All they know about is iron. And so when you're presenting with low iron in the blood, your practitioners never told you about the, the research of Bruce Ames and his colleague, Dr. Kalilia. In 2004, they discovered that there could be 10 times more iron in the tissue than shows up in the blood. Now, the name Bruce Ames may not mean anything to you, but he's now in his late 80s, still working, actively working, but at the peak of his career, when he was in his 50s, 60s, and 70s, he was the most quoted scientist on planet Earth. And that's a big deal. So when Bruce Ames speak, speaks, we should all be listening, right? So when he tells us that iron can be 10 times higher in the tissue than in the blood, well, this is an oh my gosh moment. It's like, wait a minute. So then maybe, maybe my doctor is not interpreting my blood test correctly. And that's, in fact, the case, because the doctor doesn't talk about copper. The doctor doesn't talk about copper proteins. The doctor never talks about ceruloplasma. The doctor never talks about retinol. <clears throat> and so we didn't know the copper and iron metabolism, they're not separate. They're, they're joined at the hip of the status of ceruloplasma. And so... We live in a very crazy world. We know that now after two years of, of mental abuse. And we were encouraged to take a cocktail of ascorbic acid, vitamin D, and zinc to stop the spread of this alleged virus. But no one ever told us that those three nutrients completely disrupt the viability of copper. 
absolutely, it's, it's loaded in the literature. There's a lot of references to it, but we didn't, we're, we're not exposed to that. And so we do what we're told to do. And what the root cause protocol represents is um, a deeper dive into how the body really works. And I recently came across a wonderful quotation by uh, Frederick Nietzsche. I'm not a big you know, follower of hers, but I was really stunned by this uh, quotation of his. There's two types of people in the world, those that want to know and those that want to believe. And what I really appreciate about Chantelle Ray is her desire to know and make sure that this knowledge gets out to her listeners and followers. Because it's this is not your mainstream pablum that you find on the internet. This is for the folks who really want to pull the curtain all the way back. Now we spell curtain. C-U, that's the symbol for copper, just like the book. See, C-U, curtain is C-U, R-T-I-I-M. That way we, that all the iron problems are hiding behind a curtain. And so we live in, a, in an era where we're told we're anemic and we're told we're copper toxic. And the truth is just the opposite. So that was a rather long-winded, but hopefully coherent response to your wonderful question. And hopefully it gives you more things to chew on. There's a blood test that I recommend people get. Uh, people do consults with me all the time where I've got a, a network of folks that I've now trained, over 500 people now, understand these principles. But hopefully, Stephanie, that gives you a better understanding about some of the dynamics that are fueling your imbalances. And it's not what you think it is. And, and the most important thing I would recommend is to take those iron supplements and give them to the neighbor you like the least. They're not going to help you. <laughs> that is hysterical. Hey guys, I want to tell you about a product that I'm completely obsessed with right now. It's called Buy Optimizers, and one of them is called Magnesium Breakthrough. And the reason why I love it so much is because it has all seven forms of magnesium in one bottle. It literally upgrades virtually every function in your body, like helps you with your sleep, helps you with stress, which I'm under a lot of stress right now, working a lot. And then the second one is called Massimes, and it's a really potent enzyme blend for digestive function. And so we literally did a test with this. It was so cool with steak. And then we put the masszymes in there and it literally broke down the steak. So if you're like getting tired after you're eating, you need this because it will optimize your digestion and really help you with absorption and absorbing those nutrients. So I have really good news. If you go to magbreakthrough.com slash Chantel Ray, that's magbreakthrough.com slash Chantel Ray, you will get a discount code. You've got to try it. I love it. Well, one of the things that I've heard you talk about is vitamin D and how, you know, everyone's, the doctors are saying, you know, everyone's vitamin D deficient. So people need to start taking, you know, vitamin D, but I, I, I want to repeat back what I've heard you say and you confirm it, but 
I've heard you say something that people need to have their retinol or their vitamin A levels need to be around four to one, meaning four to one ratio of vitamin A to vitamin D. So if you're taking vitamin D, it throws your vitamin A off and that you should really be getting your vitamin D from your food and from the sun so that it doesn't throw those numbers off. Is that right? Did I understand that right from me listening? I understand, to the, I understand the principles perfectly. The ratio is actually three to one, not four to okay, one. Okay, three to one. But you're, but you're close. You're in the right ballpark. And what's really important for people to understand is when they when someone tells you that you're vitamin D deficient, we have to, we have to separate the difference between basic math and algebra. So vitamin D is not a mathematical function, high or low. I mean, we're, we're led to believe it is. Oh, it's low, so you need to fill it up. No, it's, it's like miles per gallon. And we know that if our miles per gallon in the car that we're driving starts to drop, it isn't because the gas tank is empty, because something's wrong with the engine, the, the tires aren't filled right. There's something holding back the performance of our engine. Well, it turns out that vitamin D is miles per gallon. And there's an enzyme in our liver, it's called 25-hydroxylase enzyme, which is dependent upon magnesium to work properly. And when magnesium is low, that enzyme doesn't work. And when that, when that enzyme doesn't work, then the expression of vitamin D will be low but we can take bucketfuls of vitamin D supplements and it's not gonna improve the performance of that enzyme. That's the part that everyone misses, especially the practitioners. And what low vitamin D is really telling us is that there's inflammation taking place in the body. And inflammation is not a disease. It's just another way of saying the mitochondria are not being efficient about making energy. And what they're doing is they're producing too much H2O2, hydrogen peroxide, when in fact, what they're supposed to be producing is 2H2O. They're supposed to be producing two molecules of water to release the energy molecules in the mitochondria. But if they're producing H2O2, the whole thing comes to a halt. That's the origin of the fatigue. That's what this book is all about. It's really trying to say, how do we end this fatigue? We've got to restore the bioavailability of our copper. We've got to restore the magnesium. And we've got to offload the excess iron that is stuck in our tissue that's not showing in our blood work. That's the key. And the ceruloplasm protein is what's regulating all those dynamics. So one of the things that she said in her question was she said that when she tried to take magnesium, that she got foot cramps. And so my question is to you, number one, what is a good amount of magnesium and your favorite type of magnesium to take so that she's not constipated and not just not constipated, but all the different magnesium that she needs for her body. But the other piece is what 
is causing the foot cramps? Is it that maybe now again, it's like that imbalance now too much magnesium. Now you might not have enough potassium and that's causing the foot cramps. Right. No, it's a great, great question. Um, the, the three classic signs of magnesium deficiency are a twitch in the eye, a hand cramp, or a foot cramp. So when someone is taking magnesium and they're getting a foot cramp, that's telling me that their, <coughs> their polarity is flipped. Why? Because they have too much iron in their tissue. And there's, it's actually called neurological switching. That begins to get into this very kind of woo-woo side of medicine that, that's like there is energy dynamics that are very uh, predictable and they're very treatable and they're very correctable. But the classic uh, dosing for magnesium is five milligrams per pound body weight. So if someone weighs 100 pounds, they should be taking about 500 milligrams of magnesium. The forms that I like the best are magnesium malate. That the best brand is um, Jigsaw Health has a wonderful magnesium SRT, and it's time released, which is wonderful. And then another really good one is called magnesium bisglycinate, and that's made by Formula IQ. So those are two really good forms of magnesium, very bioavailable, that will help to correct the the, uh, the imbalances. And probably what's going on with Stephanie is she's a stress cadet. She's worrying about her health. She doesn't feel right. And when we are in a state of acute stress like that, the magnesium burn rate, the loss of magnesium to that acute stress is significant. <clears throat> so she's uh, not aware of the fact that that stress is causing magnesium loss. And most people aren't. I, I didn't know anything about this 12 years ago. I, I was completely clueless about the, the minerals and, and what the dynamics were. And for some reason, I had this epiphany to say, what, why is everyone so sick? I was, I was really fascinated because I worked in the, in the hospital industry for so long. And I well, kind of in the back of my head, I was like, gee, why does everyone keep getting so sick? And, uh, and then this idea that we have disease is it's just a story. And I'm not being insensitive to the people who have notable conditions and, and um, discomfort. It's just, there's more to the story. And what is very important to understand is that the origin of all conditions, syndromes, maladies, diseases, whatever, the, whatever word you wanna use, it's energy loss. And when there's energy loss, that creates a downstream breakdown in the metabolism that eventually will affect enzyme function. And then when the enzymes stop working, that's when we start to experience the symptoms of, of some condition or, or syndrome. That's important to understand is that we have been taught to fear the enemy, to attack the enemy, some bug, some pathogen out there. When in fact, if we were to focus on energy production, the body knows exactly what to do with pathogens, exactly what to do with the enemies. And our, and our immune system is actually called the immunometabolism system. They didn't talk about that much in 2020 and 2021, but we have this innate capacity to heal ourselves when we're making optimal levels of energy. But you can't make optimal levels of energy when you're focusing on ascorbic acid, vitamin D, and zinc. It's impossible. 
can tell. That's where the disconnect was in the more recent past. So in her situation, if if her labs say that she's anemic, would you still encourage her to take the beef liver or would you say to her, don't let's not take the beef liver. Let's get another test, a test that you suggest where we can really see, are you really anemic or is that what you would suggest? Absolutely, Chantel. It's it's so important to get into the domain of let's know what's going on. And that's what the, the panel is called, the Fulmonte Iron Panel. It has 12 different markers in it. It is looking not just at, at iron, and there's three different markers of iron, but it's looking at zinc and copper, ceruloplasm, magnesium, and it's looking at vitamin A and D. And it's that collection of markers that begins to reveal what's really going on. And she's operating with limited information. She's focusing on information she's getting off the internet, which is misleading at best. Her practitioner has been trained to think only of iron being anemic, not in the blood, but not thinking about as soon as iron is anemic in the blood, that means it's high in the tissue. Well, where's all the chaos? It's in the tissue. And, and iron interacting with oxygen in the tissue is the source of all the oxidative stress that's burning up the oxygen, that's preventing the production of water, that's preventing the release of energy. It's a very simple mechanism. Once you understand the step-by-step the, uh, -step progression of how oxygen gets activated in the mitochondria to become water, it's like, Wow, and if that doesn't happen, if, if oxygen, O2, does not become 2H2O, that's a big deal. If that doesn't happen, then we're gonna have what are called reactive oxygen species. Another way of saying it is rust. We all know what rust is, rusty nail, rusty pipe, rusty car. Well, that rusting process takes place inside our body. And it, it's identical. It's just no one ever told us it's because copper's missing to regulate iron, excuse me, regulate iron and oxygen so that that rust doesn't come back. It's a very basic piece of the puzzle that's been missing and has been, uh, I think, downplayed for about a century. And I'm just doing my part to try to dance on minds and make people aware that the, the process of recovery is a lot more simple and a lot more straightforward than we've been led to believe. Hey guys, I really want you to join our Intermittent Fasting and OMAD Facebook group. We're doing tons of giveaways right now for posting your before and after pictures and just for posting a question in there. We're giving away free protein shakes, some digest aid, all kinds of fun stuff. So please join our Intermittent Fasting and OMAD Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. One of the things that I like that she put in her question, she said, I'm pretty sure I have parasites because I'm thinking if I'm taking all of this beef liver, how could I still be low in iron? That doesn't make sense. Is that one of the things that you would say is that if, if she really does, if we look at that new panel and we see that her iron's low, could that be one of the one of the biggest reasons? Would you say is parasites that's very, very the iron? Yeah, and if it's and if it's low ferritin, uh, um, coupled with uh, 
some other markers that will probably be high, like her TIBC will very likely be high, total iron binding capacity. Um, when those are out of sync like that, it's, it's very often an indication of parasites. But the mistake that people make is we've been trained to think that, oh, if you have parasites, it's just in your gut. And, you know, stool analysis and there's no parasites in your stool. Well, parasites are all over the body. <laughs> From stem to stern, they're, they're all over the body. And, and they get in the bone marrow. Well, why is that important? Because that's where the new red blood cells get made. The, the part that people need to understand is that the distribution of copper is fascinating. And 1% of the copper in our body is in the blood. So when people talk about being copper toxic because of a blood test or maybe some hair test, they're not accounting for the other 99%. Well, where's a big bolus of copper in the body? 47% of it is in the bone marrow. Another 27% is in the muscles. Wow. We've just accounted for about 80% of, of copper. And no one's thinking to, to look there. And the inverse of, of the iron dynamic, low in the blood, high in the tissue. But when copper is high in the blood, it means it's low in the tissue. That's just the way the body communicates. So as soon as you see low iron in the blood, you should be suspecting there's a copper problem in your tissue. That's a very important thing. And the mistake that's made by a lot of practitioners is they don't measure and assess iron and copper. And the bigger insult is they don't assess ceruloplasma, which is the master antioxidant protein to regulate copper, iron, and oxygen. And it's just, it's such a basic part of our physiology that has been overlooked and downplayed for a long, long time. So do you suggest that most people are probably going to want to take a copper supplement each day to help combat fatigue? Well, on one level, I agree with you, but what I really like to do is teach people how their body really works. That's really what the book is designed to do. Let's uh, take a peek behind the curtain and see what's really happening. The first half of the book is, what's the problem? How do we get into this situation? How were we misled and misfed? And that's my catchphrase, because we have been misled and misfed. And then the second half of the book is, how do we solve this dynamic? And I really, uh, I value people wanting to get into the know, leave the world of belief. And what, what's the three-letter word that's in the word believe? lie. We live in this world of, of, of make-believe. And so get into the know, get a blood test and a hair test to really find out how your minerals are responding to your stress and get it properly interpreted by someone who's been through this training. And as, as much as I really want to democratize healing, as I really do, I want each individual to have the, the power to bring themselves back into balance. I think in the beginning, it helps to have a guide and have someone who can interpret the results and educate and further reinforce what's going on. And so it's um, the, the difficulty is that we live in a, in a culture where the catchphrase is, what's new? What's new? And now this, so now we've got the RCP, that's new. And really, 
what we've got to be thinking about is what's enduring. And what are the principles that kept our ancestors healthy? They had a very different diet. They had much better minerals in their soil, which meant it was in their foods, the produce and the animals. They didn't have the same level of stress that we've got. And that's not to say that they like a carefree existence because we know that's not the case, but they didn't have the level of environmental and food and medication assaults that we have today, the, the mind numbing um, impact of EMFs and things of that nature that our ancestors didn't deal with that. But what's important for people to realize is that when we do have this stress, we need to be vigilant about making sure we're getting minerals in our diet to regulate our, our production of energy. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. We are meant to produce energy because why do you need energy? To respond to stress. The best definition of stress I've ever come across was by Mark Hyman, who's, who's a very noted functional physician at uh, Cleveland Clinic. Stress is the body's inability to make energy for the mind to respond to its environment. It's a really important delineation of, of relationships. But at the end of the day, we need to be able to metabolize our stress. What does that mean? We've got to be able to make energy to deal with our stress, to neutralize our stress, to overcome our stress. And we live in a very stressful environment. Well, this gives me right to my next question. It's from Martel Jackson. I own an accounting firm and we are so shorthanded. I can't hire employees. This tax season just put me over the top. I'm fully exhausted all the time. I sleep eight hours every night and I eat pretty clean. I eat mostly a paleo diet, but I do add dairy. I'm paleo with dairy. I know I shouldn't, but I don't eat gluten and I'm having the hardest time I'm giving up dairy. Is that big? Is that such a big deal that I'm not giving up dairy? I also have all kinds of autoimmune issues. I know I shouldn't have dairy, but I'm having a hard time giving that up. I crave it all the time. I need a meal plan for more energy. Do you think I'm not getting enough micronutrients? Martel Jackson. Great question, Martel. Um, <clears throat> you work in a very stressful job. And it's, and it's not just this culmination around April. It's like year-long stress of dealing with people's woes and challenges. Um, so the, again, the magnesium burn rate is very, very high. I'm not sure how many years you've been doing that, but the pressure that you've been under is significant. So we've got to layer that on top of the last two years of mind-numbing reality of what we've been trying to deal with worldwide. And that is an enormous drain on our mineral status. Um, the, the paleo plus the, the, um, the dairy is fine. What I would encourage you to do is get unprocessed dairy. It's completely different than the white liquid you're buying from the supermarket. They're not the same. There's 50 enzymes in milk that are destroyed by the process of pasteurization. And one of the most important components of milk that's destroyed is retinol. You know, get, get an old cookbook. Like we have an old edition of Fanny Farmer cookbook from the 1800s. Um, they're, they're using 
heavy cream and lard and butter. And that was very commonplace back then. And what are those? Those are rich sources of retinol, vitamin A, that's lost in the modern diet. It's completely expunged. That all, um, you know, the, the, the lengths that uh, cookbooks go to now to expunge butter and replace it with margarines is terrible. And so uh, I wouldn't, wouldn't worry about your love of dairy, you're probably looking for those enzymes that are in the milk. I would just encourage you to go find um, a dairyman that has that's willing to sell you the unprocessed form. And, and if you really want to take a deep dive, a uh, wonderful book to read about why this is so important by Ron Craig. He was a naturopath and he wrote a book called The Untold Story of Milk. It's probably one of the best books I've ever read. Would encourage you to, to go out and it takes a little while to read it, but you're going to realize that this one component of our food has been completely altered and distorted in the modern era. And there's all sorts of reasons why. And, and so I think it's important that someone who's in a very stressful job recognize that the, there's a price to pay for that stress and that they need to remineralize. They've got to find ways to bleed off that stress. I'm a huge fan of emotional freedom technique to help you deal with the fear that you're broken, the fear of not being able to change your situation. And that fear, that emotional fear is very destructive to our normal metabolism. And so we have to, you know, confront that. And release the energy that's tied up in that fear so that the healing process can take place. And the we spell fear differently within the RCP. It's F-E hyphen A-R. That way we see the symbol for iron. The same way we see C-U for copper. With the scientific symbol for iron is F-E. And what we didn't know is that fear attracts iron. When we're in a state of fear, we're triggering adrenaline and cortisol. They're very powerful hormones, as we know. Well, those cause an uptick in iron accumulation in the body, just because we're trying to recruit oxygen to deal with the crisis. But what cortisol does is it binds up copper, which is not our friend. That's not, that's not going to help us long term. And so fear attracts iron. But the part that everyone misses is that iron activates fear. And it's through a, a protein called NLRP3. It's also called the inflammasome. It's the nuclear origin of inflammation. So we've got iron, excuse me, fear attracting iron, iron activating fear. And the beauty of EFT is it slices through that cycle. It really helps people uh, begin to step into the RCP, begin to get the nutrients, and allow the body to begin to heal itself. It's a very important part of the process. 
Hey guys, I'd love for you guys to listen to a podcast that we did about the side effects from wine and the differences between natural wine and traditional wine. So go to ChantelRayway.com slash wine and you'll see transcripts, you'll see some different episodes, but here's the thing. You can get your penny bottle now of dry farm wines and make the decision that if you're going to have wine to make sure you have the most natural, healthy wine in the world with no additives additives, only natural ingredients. All the other wines out there have so much sulfate, so much sugar. Why put that poison in your body? So get your penny bottle now at ChantelRayWay.com slash wine. Awesome. I have another question from Marianne Beachew. It says, what is the best water to drink? I love Fiji, but it's a little too expensive. I got this new water called Mountain Valley Spring Water, which is good. It's a little bit cheaper than Fiji, but still expensive. I noticed something on the back of the water that I've never seen before. And she attaches, she said, please see attached. And she attaches this picture where it says naturally occurring at the source, calcium 69 to 74, magnesium 7.2 to 13, potassium 0.9 to 1.2. She said, are these numbers good? This is the first time I've ever noticed anything like this on the back of a water. What should the numbers be? And also what about a Berkey water machine? Have you ever tried one of those? Oh yeah, we had a Berkey for many years. Um, love that system. Uh, we have another version that we also use. It's called pH prescription out of Sarasota, Florida. Um, and it, it's both the systems are really good, especially if you got the fluoride filter in the Berkey and the, and the pH prescription already has one built in. Um, there's no greater challenge on this planet right now than getting clean water. We're all faced with a challenge. Um, but the numbers on the back of that bottle are revealing what the ratio of calcium to magnesium is. In an, in an ideal world, calcium and magnesium should be one to one. The water that you're drinking is 10 to one. If you want a really wild experience, go get Perrier. You'll find out that it's 47 parts calcium to one part magnesium, which is not what you want. Um, probably the, the best water that you can buy now is Gerald Steiner. And that's going to be more of a one-to-one -one ratio between calcium and magnesium. Uh, in any water that you do buy, though, what I would encourage people to do is put mineral drops. You get them from trace minerals or some, some source. Uh, Aussie minerals, another source of, of minerals. Um, but make sure you're you're properly mineralizing that water because the body really wants to have all of the minerals available, especially in the water. That's what we're, that's what our genetic code is designed for. And when we, when we buy bottled water, we don't really know what we're getting. I think more often than not, we're getting distilled water, RO water, reverse osmosis, and everything's been stripped out. So we have to put the minerals back in. Any water that we drink, or cook with needs to be uh, remineralized. And yeah, the Fiji water is expensive, but it's also a really good form, but even that should be mineralized as well. So you just have to stay on top of that. Uh, it's a constant um, source of, of assessment that you gotta be aware of. 
I did look up when she asked this question, I did look up the amount of minerals and electrolytes and the calcium and magnesium ratio. And it said online that one liter of Fiji water provides 14.7 milligrams of magnesium and 17.9 milligrams of calcium. So that Mm -hmm. is close to a one-to-one ratio that you're talking about. So, no, it's fair. See, people don't, most of us don't know what minerals are. Oh, we've heard of them. Oh, yeah, mineral, I've heard that name or that word. But we don't know how important the ratios are. And, you know, people who have stomach distress don't know that when they take a Tums, they're getting 300 parts calcium to one part magnesium. Well, that simply overwhelms the body. We really are designed for a one-to-one ratio. When you start to focus on a lot of dairy, you're going to start to increase that ratio of calcium. But if you've got a, a well-rounded diet, it's not something to be worried about. So you just you just need to be really mindful of what these relationships are and just stay, stay uh, on top of getting the most natural sources you can, but make sure you're, you're mineralizing the water wherever possible. What does your diet look like? Morley, like what if it was, what's a day in the life of your eating look like? What, what do you kind of like to eat? Um, I'm a, I, I guess the way to best characterize is it's Weston A. Price. It's an ancestral diet, bacon and eggs. Um, it's when I have toast, it's lots of butter, um, but it's, it's meat, root vegetables and greens. Uh, Dr. Liz and I only have two meals a day. Um, late, I guess like mid morning and late afternoon. Uh, we don't have a, a midday meal. Um, no, I'll be, uh, I'm, I'm coming up on my 70th birthday this November. So I'm not exactly a spring chicken. But what I can tell you is I have more energy now than I did when I was in my 50s. And I don't need as much food, um, far less food now. And it's not just that I'm not as active. I just don't need it. And it's hard to, to explain that. But if you're looking for what what's the quadrant he's in, he's he's um, he's Western A Price. He's paleo keto. If you're gonna if you're gonna use the the contemporary uh, literature, but it's but I've got a real deeper understanding of the minerals that are needed to run those food groups, and I know how important the macronutrients are and the micronutrients, and so we wherever possible we buy food from farmers markets. And if we can't find it there, we'll go to Whole Foods. And that's not a, a panacea. They don't have all clean food, but they've got better than most. And you just need to be very careful about what you eat. And we, and we try to minimize our meals outside the home. We're not perfect. You know, we, we're subject to travel. And so we have to uh, rely on other sources. But we really tried to keep, keep the diet simple. And everyone always wants to know, do you drink coffee? Yes, I do. I have a couple cups of coffee in the morning. That's what gets my engines fired up. But it's loaded with butter. And I I like to put ginger in it. And I put a little dash of of syrup and some heavy cream for the retinol. And and away I go. And it seems to work pretty well for me. Love it. Well, I do want you to address um, the the parasite issue just a little bit. So for people that might think that they are 
you know, ridden with parasites, what would you say is the best thing you've seen to kind of detox the body from parasites? Um, well, <clears throat> great question. I think the first thing you need to do is detach yourself. I, I, let, me, let me phrase it this way. The only disease on planet Earth is thinking that your conventional doctor is going to solve your symptoms. That, that is a true disease. And why do I say it that way? Because that seems pretty harsh. <clears throat> Doctors are not taught about mineral metabolism. They're not taught about oxygen metabolism. They're not taught about energy metabolism. And they're not taught about parasite metabolism. And those are the four quadrants of chronic disease. I would go so far as to say that every um, autoimmune condition is some manifestation of those four events taking place in the body, especially between the parasites disrupting copper metabolism. They're really good at it. They, they love to, to drain the batteries. And so you've, you've really got to approach it with an open mind. Don't be afraid of the parasites. They're there for a reason. They're, they're an energetic expression of where you are. You don't need to stay there. And I think what's important is to approach it um, from a frequency standpoint and not necessarily chemicals. A wonderful set of books for the, uh, the gearheads out there <clears throat> written by an uh, Australian um, animal farmer. Her name is Pat Colby. And she has uh, four books, Natural Goat Care, Natural Sheep Care, Natural Horse Care, and Natural Cattle Care. And those are <clears throat> amongst some of the most important books I've read to understand mineral metabolism in our body by studying those animals. And she makes a, a point in each of the books that any animal that is copper deficient has parasites. Any animal with parasites is copper deficient. We've never been told that we were copper deficient before. It's a very rare individual. Outside of the people within the RCP, <clears throat> ask yourself, where have you ever heard the term copper deficiency, copper depletion, copper deprivation? And, and we're living in an era when glyphosate, very powerful farming chemical, is a copper chelator. Takes it right out of the soil, which means it's not in the plants or the animals or the humans eating the plants or the animals. So right away, we know that <clears throat> the possibility of having parasites rises exponentially when we have a low copper diet. And, then, and again, it's not, well, I'm, I'm from North America. We don't have, we're not a third world nation. Well, we have a third world farming system now. And we, we do have parasites and they're not just in our gut. I can't say that strongly enough. And Back in the 50s, again, back in Australia, when Pat Colby was uh, writing her books, there was a lot of emphasis on using chemical tranches to try to kill these parasites. They didn't work. And guess what they went back to? Copper. And they started feeding the animals copper. And the most amazing thing happened. The parasites went away. And so we need to be doing the, the RCP, but I think we also need to be using frequency and the two forms of frequency that I would, would recommend are either biomagnetism, there was a wonderful healing modality based on magnets, was developed um, 
back in the uh, late 80s. Um, and it's using simple magnets by someone who's been trained in, in this uh, modality um, to strategically place the magnets to kill the pathogens. And the way the magnets work is that they bring the pH of the tissue that they're over back to 7.0, which allows optimal energy expression. And the pathogens, especially the parasites, cannot stand optimal energy. They like a low energy environment. And so that's, that's really important to understand is that a very simple tool like biomagnets is a very powerful way uh, to deal with these pathogens. And then the other mechanism is using bioresonance. And there's all sorts of machines out there. There's Spooky2, there's Rife machines, uh, there's um, uh, Resident Pearl, I think is the, is the name of the, the system. There are a lot of different techniques out there. Oh, uh, Holda Clark has something called the Zapper. Um, these are wonderful tools to use frequency to fight the parasites because they can't fight frequency. So I would be going to someone who understands energy healing, particularly around either biomagnets or these bioresonance machines, and just use that in concert with the RCP. And there, there are components of the RCP that are directly related to dealing with parasites. You've, you've got copper, boron, um, iodine, and um, diatomaceous earth are all known anti-parasitic uh, interventions, but they don't always work in, in that uh, combination. And that's why these machines are so effective in these modalities. I love so it. I'd say, it's, I'd say it's part of the, the healing process. You've got to deal with it, but it's don't assume that by taking something in your stomach and in your intestinal tract, you're going to solve the parasite problem. Got it. Well, this has been amazing. Tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Absolutely. Um, again, the website, <clears throat> rcp123.org. Uh, there's a, <clears throat> there are two, <clears throat> excuse me, there's two Facebook locations. There's a group, the Magnesium Advocacy Group, and there's a page called the Root Cause Protocol page. And um, a lot of information there. You can, again, when you go to the website, you can download the, uh, the protocol itself. And then for the uh, ambitious ones that want to reach out, my email address is my first and last name. You'll see it right there below my face uh, at gmail.com. And for those who really want to reach out, uh, my phone number is area code 847 922 And I know that the people who reach out to me need to talk, and I'm happy to have those conversations. You are so amazing. Well, this has been an honor for me. Thank you guys so much. I really want to encourage you guys to grab the book, The Cure, How to Cure Your Fatigue. It is awesome. It's right there. Cure Your Fatigue. It's so good. I'm about 60% done with it. Um, I'm not 100% yet, but I've enjoyed every minute of it. And I'll continue to finish it up this week. And we just appreciate you guys so much for joining us. Have a wonderful day. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.